Double Avenue Hurt. Starring Robert Lamb, Jose Caraballo, Kyle Appleyard, featuring James Keyes, Edith Dietrich, Arthur Phelps, Bobby Moynihan, Will Farrell, with musical guests, Julia W.D. Harrison, and Sting, and your host, Jonathan Moss. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Moss. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Moss. Uh, I am the editor of Doppel Avenue, and I personally would like to welcome you to the Doppel Avenue Hurts Season 2 wrap-up show with the cast and creators of said show, Doppel Avenue Hurt. Uh, joining me in studio is writer of Doppel Avenue Hurt, Robert M. Lamb. How's it going? How you doing, man? Not bad. Okay. Uh, joining him, uh, you know him as Paul Went. We know him as Jose Caraballo. Exactly like that. Is that? That's is this my cue? Is this when I jump in? Yeah. Yeah. Also, also known as JJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, JJ. I know Abrams. you wanted to get that in there. Yeah. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we know him as Kyle Appleyard. You know him as James Keys. Hi, Kyle. What's up, sluts? How you doing? <laughs> Good. Yeah. So. Uh, we got last year we 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 went through the entire season and we did this little silly casting creator show on a whim and it seems like we we've done a lot of interviews with on a different uh, a lot of different podcasts and we got some feedback it seems like the casting creator show from season 1 was like the most impressive yeah with everybody like don't mind all those hundreds and upon thousands of man hours that we went Doing voiceover and editing and and all of that. Oh yeah, they they love the cast and creator show. We, yeah, yeah. What he put it? No, Jay oh. put it in air quotes because he air quotes. What are those? Those are those things. Why, why'd you move your those fingers like that? Yeah, yeah. Why'd, why'd you, you scrunch your fingers? What are those? <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. Those are called air quotes. Are these supposed to work right now? What? Yeah, it's, it's not working right now. Your headphones? <laughs> There's a volume. I'll fix it. There's it a volume. Matters yeah, not. it's right here. Do I like? Am I like the master of not turning stuff on right now? Maybe, Probably. apparently. Oh, look at that! Now there you go. <laughs> <laughs> works now. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, you couldn't hear anything before. Let's pop before. some champagne because it worked. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna pop some is that champagne. Gonna, is that gonna like burst? No, it's oh. so bad. The last one did. Yeah, yeah, last one popped. So we're popping champagne because obviously uh, there's another season in the books. Yeah. Congratulations, guys! Yeah, Mission accomplished. Good job, great job. Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely fantastic. Hey, where's ours? I know. I don't know where's your cups? You <laughs> cups <laughs> None of us. <laughs> none of us grab cups. Just Kyle's the only one drinking champagne. <laughs> hey, I'm doing class over here. Let's just pass around the bottle and take swigs. <laughs> Fuck it. No, uh, no I'm not doing that. I'm sick. Well, well, then you just go last. You guys do that. Yeah, JJ, I'll go get some Still time. I'll go get some flutes. Okay. Okay. So. Thus wraps up a, a whole new season of Doppel Avenue Hurts. Another uh, 12 episodes. Another 12 episodes. Uh, from, uh, like I said before, I'm the editor, 
And I'm also the voice of Arthur Phelps. Uh, among some other bullshit characters, characters. Uh, I do Sheldrake, Von Wallen. Um, Donnie Lombardo. Donnie Lombardo. Yep. No, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, apparently, I'm a man of a thousand voices on Doppel. I, you know, yeah. really, where that comes from is um, I don't have the voices. Like, like somebody doesn't record them or somebody's not available, and I'm sitting in, in my studio in the afternoon, and everybody else is fucking working while I'm I'm editing, and I'm like, well, fuck it. It's a bullshit character. Yeah. That's Just really where record that, real quick. That's really where that comes from. Yeah. Well, there's um, a lot of side characters, so. there's There were so many. Yeah, there's a lot. There were so many. I have to beg the question. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Pass around. Kyle Appleyard. Yeah. Champagne for all. Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. So, Gilderet. <laughs> so, uh, this year we approached the wrap-up show a little bit differently. Um, we we knew yes, please. We knew we were going to do a casting creator show like last year, but we wanted to open up questions uh, to the to the fans because, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of direct access to us, and I'm not saying we're you know hard to reach people or anything. We're not anything of that nature, but. Um, we wanted to give you guys, as the fans, an opportunity to reach out and ask questions to us. Um, I had an overwhelming response for you, Robert. Oh, really? Wow. I did. He's the writer. That makes sense. Everybody wants to know good the, stuff. Here's hopefully. the number one question I got oh, God. for Robert M. Lamb. I'm scared. Uh, where the fuck was Edith Dietrich? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were wondering, like, why she wasn't in season two that much. But it's it's kind of like, like, I don't, I mean, I outline the stories, like, before I start writing them. And I outline each episode before I start writing each episode. It's just, I, I can't force anything. And forcing her into parts of the story just didn't seem like they were going to be plausible. So it's just, like, one of those things where... I tried to fit her in when I could, but they just didn't have... Because you promised you promised on the last wrap-up show that you'd write, write her in more. I was going to try. And deliver. Listen, she got her own BHS, Brentwood Heights stories, and she's going to be more in season three. I've already been writing season three, so she's got more to do in that one. So, so basically, uh, get off my ass. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so back off. Back the fuck off. Here. She's still there, okay? She's not dead. No, it was more of like... It's just like story-wise. I mean, I wanted to really concentrate on story this time because I felt like season one, I was really like kind of just winging it as I went. Well, you're introducing characters. Yeah. And And, backstories and stuff. And like it still had a story and stuff. And I still liked the story of season one, but it wasn't as intricate as season two, like at all. Like I felt season two was a lot bigger in scope and a lot – like there were days where I was like just – where do I go from here? Like how do I connect these two dots? Like – it was a lot harder to write. Well, and that that does come through um, because I had probably read 90% of the story before I even started editing. Um, and you, you could tell that it was a lot more in-depth, um, far beyond episode or season one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that, that that's very evident in the writing. Um, hey, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Hey, cheers. fans, crack, crack. Uh, 
If you're listening to this, crack right some now. champagne and toast with us. Yeah. Well, you're Snapchatting. Just show, just shows you how old you are, Robert. Whatever. Why don't you get with the times? It's called Snapchat. <laughs> All the Snapchats? kids are using it. P- yeah, Coming Snapchat just became popular now. Yeah. Wait. It was popular before, but like, it wasn't as popular. Like, everybody's using podcast, it now. When you're, when, when you're listening to this podcast, that's when Snapchat got huge. Right now. It's yeah. because of the Snapchat. Cultural phenomenon. JJ just Thanks took. to Doppel Avenue Hurt Season 2. <laughs> you're welcome, Snapchat users. Yeah. Um, some other questions that came through. Um, I guess this could be for everybody. Uh, what were some of the things that you had to prepare for knowing that you had to go into Season 2? Um, did, was there added pressure to outdo yourself from season one? Not necessarily, but I had to keep up the voice of Paul, which every single time I went into a recording, I had to keep listening to my voice because I kept forgetting how to do it. And so Jonathan would he'd be like, you're not Paul enough right now. Yeah. I need more Paul. And I'm like, I'm trying to be as sexist as I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was different about season two is that you did a lot of your recording sessions with me instead of here at Shark Dropper Studios. Oh, that's right. Um, Exclusively. I don't think I did any season two recordings with really? Robert in wow. the studio. Yeah, no. Yeah. Not this. Yeah. Not this year. Yeah. And and I thought that you and I really built a, a good working relationship through those sessions um, because I don't know if, if you've felt it but i felt like i got a lot better performances out of you and like i I coached you through stuff oh absolutely when i I didn't think i did a really good job until i listened to season two and i'm like wow i i remember that being like oh my god this is gonna come out so shitty like people are not gonna believe and then i I was like oh well it wasn't that bad yeah did you have to i i know that you like when when like before we started our sessions like you had me go through like old episodes and stuff like from season one yeah be like, yeah, okay, just give me, give me, give, what does Paul sound like? What does Paul sound like? And then you had to like hit it. it. It took you like a five count, but like you just had to hear it for a second. Yeah. So that was really it for me. What about you guys? Kyle, did you prepare for? <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> did you have to do anything to uh, like get you into the role? And did you feel like added pressure? I would, I would take all of my clothes off and then <laughs> hang them on a. Hook, hook somewhere. That new hook. And then we got vigorously studio. masturbate. <laughs> yeah. Until I found during po- your takes. Right? During my takes. Yeah. yeah that, those were all hard cocked takes. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. Pixar um, didn't happen. Yeah. It was. It was crazy. If you want, you can check out the Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Follows on Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. What? What did I do to, do to prepare? Basically, I just listened to myself season one, and sort of. Uh, I think you're always you're always improving and you're always learning. That's why I, I typically we we host so many podcasts on this network. So I always like to try to go back and listen to myself and see what it is that that I can improve upon. So that's basically what I do to prepare. I I, I, I listen to myself. I say I didn't like that. I did like when I did that. I didn't like that. Uh, mostly this this. This year, I found that I got my best performances when I was just kind of, you know, when I was just feeling the role. It, it took me five, five or ten minutes into a recording session before I really felt comfortable with recording. And I really felt like I was I could tell. in the story, and I really felt like I was reading the story as it was going. So, like, you know when you're reading a book, and you're reading, like, a really good book, 
and the pages just turn themselves. It just you're just yeah. going on and on and on. Once I got to that point in in the script, like I felt like I was more reading the narrative than doing lines. Uh, that's when things got better for me personally. And nobody really gets like reads the scripts until they're right about to record. Right. Right. Like nobody usually like I'll leave the scripts out for Kyle to record and stuff, but it's not like you're taking days ahead of time. Like you're kind of just going in the studio, reading over it, kind of getting into character and stuff. Yeah, I think I know. I know. Like Kyle kind of glanced through them, but I think like I was the only person just that because read through them. that went through them like months and months in advance. Yeah, before c- touching it. Yeah, that's like one of the things when I went into the studio because I read the lines for the very first time as I was recording them. Yeah, like, I wouldn't even read through them, and we'd have to stop so many times. We we're just laughing, yeah. we're just laughing like so loud. Oh like, yeah, that happens a lot. Great. <laughs> yeah, I like I like hearing sometimes like Kyle's like takes because it's just him in the studio alone and like just hearing like or like Dude, this 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 fucking year I don't know what it was. Every time I'd come in the studio, there was a dog. And the dog kept barking, and it would just piss me the fuck off. And this fucking dog would just always—it would just be barking, barking. I'd be in the middle of like a monologue, huge monologue. Yeah. And it starts barking. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, because the difference between this year to last year is we're using a a much more sophisticated microphone. Yeah. So it picks up every fucking thing. Like it picks up a plane going thirty thousand feet up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. It it does pick up planes. So yeah. So many like frustrating recording sessions, and then most of it was recorded in the summertime. So So just like so many like hot, nasty, sweaty recording sessions. Oh god. Oh yeah. Um. Did you feel, Kyle? Did you feel like added pressure? Um, because it was season two and like you felt like you maybe had to bring the character bigger and better oh, yeah. and harder. You gotta step your game up in season two. I go back and listen to episode one. I'm like, can we when can we redo this? Yeah, <laughs> like, can yeah. we can, can we redo the voices soon? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like you know, it, it feels I'm I'm not comparing us to Seinfeld or anything, but it's it's funny like when you go back and like watch the first season of oh, Seinfeld. Any, or any show, yeah. It's, it's always like, like, what the fuck is this Yeah, thing? It always <laughs> takes a while to find their footing and stuff, which I think like season two really helped us out. Well, so, so Robert, I have to ask you, um, because the fans don't know this, but um, we do. You felt, as you were writing season two, that you felt it wasn't funny enough and that, like, you, you kept saying, like, little comments like, yeah, I finished episode eight. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I just hope it's funnier than season one. That's all. Well, like, I, like you were like doubting yourself as you were going through it. Yeah, because like going through it, like I always wonder. I just wanted to make it as good, if not better, than season one. So like starting off, I was kind of like, yeah, it's all right. But like my whole thing is, I'll write stuff and then I'll reread through it like several times. You know, kind of fix up the script before I send it to you. But it's. It's got to make me laugh, at least like me personally laugh, three or four good laughs throughout the script. And then if it does that, then I feel pretty confident in it. But there are some episodes where like I'm concentrating more on story than I am jokes. And I'm trying to kind of just fishtail jokes in there to kind of keep it going. I I still felt like it it was smooth throughout. It's just that like I was still always like self-conscious about it because I wanted – I know not every episode is going to be a gem. Like there's some episodes that are really good. There were some gems that's not that great. There were some. There's a lot of gems this season, though. Yeah, I think compared to season one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny that you say that because at episode eight is when I started to say like this is much funnier than season one. Like I was nonstop laughing like all the way through the episodes. What was episode eight? 
Was it that? It wasn't the dinner party, was it? No, that was ten. Okay, I know. seven or eight was like the library. Out. Yeah, I don't remember the library scene. Was either seven or eight um, with the librarian that was going to kill them. Uh, there's just like some <laughs> random stuff. Like you read a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. I, I yeah. just overheard what you were saying. That's <laughs> yeah. great and all. But you need but to you shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Eight was uh, lying about George Lucas. Oh, uh, yeah. that was the interview with yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, when actually it was getting more into like the interview portion, which to me like started really late in the season. But right, there's like a lot of stuff going on regardless. So, well, because in season one you did your interview episode um, in four or five. Yeah, like it was like really early, really early. Yeah, and it took like actually two episodes. I think it was like five and six. But you know, it, it was it was kind of different because the earlier episodes were kind of reestablishing where all the characters were. Like now in season two, then you had like the Lorraine episode where Paul finds out she's cheating on him. That was fantastic. Then you had the Guys Night yeah. Out episode where it's just like that was just kind of like a fun episode to write. It was just like one of those throwaway episodes. Yeah, it like... has nothing. To, I mean, the only thing it moves the story forward is like the very ending where he has to go on the run, which right. actually moves him to Julianne Good. But it's like the whole who, episode itself was. Who played Timmy again? In that, that was Seth. Oh my Seth. god, guy, is he gonna listen to this? <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh. Yeah. Dude, I know it's Step so it up, bad. No, <laughs> Step it up. It's what? so bad, but I love it. It's it's perfect. It's I imagined bad. it like yeah, a, it's perfectly bad. I, I imagined it like a Lauren Lapkus or like a uh, a uh, a womp it up kind of. I mean, yeah, like I a girl playing cool. a, a boy kind of character where it's like a you sound like a thirteen year old boy kind of. Yeah, I think that would have been. I don't good. know. Seth, he, Seth played it fine. I'm just, I'm giving you a bunch of shit, Seth. <laughs> well, I, I remember because there has been. Sometimes during the season, even more this season than season one, uh, where I we got a voice actor, and then you know I wasn't in the coaching sessions, and then when when the voice came to me, I had to sit there and go, "This isn't going to work. It doesn't. It just doesn't work for the character or yeah. whatever reason. You know, the delivery wasn't on, and we had to sort of switch around characters. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jane being one of them." Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane was originally voiced by I, I can't even remember uh, Jenny Famas. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just I'm not saying it was a bad performance. It was just not right for the character. Yeah, because um, because Jane is a very specific character. She's not really supposed to be sexy mm. so much. So, I, and I don't want to say Lang Parker who voiced uh, the character. <laughs> Who actually did end up voicing the character at the very end? I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, Lang's not sexy, blah blah blah. She just delivered the character the way that I heard it in my head. It was more tomboyish, and that's kind of what she did, and that's right. what you kind of told her. So right, because you know th- there is something that will unfold about Jane. Yeah, at some point, um, where that needed to be portrayed. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what. Yeah, I think it worked for that. I like how <laughs> JJ just showed me like his notes for like the Timmy, the thing that said like the quote, "I want to get drunk and do stuff that is fun." Come on, Jimmy Jong, we want a party. Don't be a party shitter. Yeah, Jimmy Jong, don't be an asshole. Stop it. I want to get drunk and do stuff that is great. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I want to do great stuff too. Guys, Guys night. night. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> well, or do stuff that is great. The way he delivered that line was just—it was, yeah. it was perfect. I want to get drunk and do stuff that is great. It's like yeah. so dry. It's like this. Is a, well, yeah. It is. And going back to my original point, uh, when I heard Seth do Timmy, yeah. um, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. But then the more I started like listening to it, I was like, no, this is gonna work actually. That's what when I recorded him, I remember thinking like, do it more kitty. Like I was trying to like tell him to do it more kitty, and then he was, he's just like, how about this? And he just did like that kind of voice. And I'm like, all right, well, let's keep going with that and just see how it turns out. And like he kept doing it. And then when he did do like that line, and like some of the other lines that were just kind of really ridiculous, like I was like, eh, oh, let's see I how it turns out. Charlotte Webb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is a freezer cold? Freezing, freezing. I gotta, I gotta talk. I'm gonna listen to that episode again. I mean, it is bad, but it's like bad in a good way. It's to so, me. It, it's one of those situations where it's so bad it's good. Starship yeah. Troopers. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a Starship, yeah, that, it's a Starship yeah, Trooper. It's a voiceover. A voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> um. So going back, Robert. Yeah. Um. To the to the utmost original question. Um. Saying that, like, you felt like this added pressure and you're just like, oh, I, I just hope it's funnier than season one. Yeah. Are you, now that it's over and you can look on it in hindsight, how do you feel? No, I, I like it. I like how it turned out. And I like... Uh, you think it's funnier than season one? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it also has a better story than season one and better voice acting and better yep. production quality and all that kind of stuff. Which makes it now even like now I'm writing season three and I'm like oh, I hope this is as good as season two. Well, we'll see what happens. The look on Jonathan's face when he said better production quality. So happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> You're welcome. That's me. Well, and th- and then that was another question um, that I got was is there going to be a season three? But yeah, yeah. I mean, we plan on doing it. It was more of like we just wanted to see how season two did. And, like, it's been getting, like, that's the thing is, like, we get emails, like, every so often of people saying they listen to Doppel Avenue Hurt and how they like it. And just, like, friends and family who listen to it say they like it. Download numbers are better. It's just, like, it's cool. So, like, we know, like, we want to keep doing it. It's just a lot of work. So, obviously, you know, we'll probably do season three. I'm already working on season three. But it's, like, it's still going to be a while before we come out with it. We're still just in the writing process now. Haven't even done any recordings for it. So, right. And hopefully it turns out just as good as season two, because that's one of my worries when I'm writing it. It's like that's as, as at least as funny and story wise as good. What if what if season two is just like the sophomore slump for you, and then like season three is just going to be? Or like, what if season two is the highlight, and then everything fuck. after is crap? <laughs> well, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know. So far, I'm writing season three, and I'm I'm pretty happy with the first. I mean, I'm halfway done with season three, and I'm happy with how it's turned out so far. So, okay. we'll so, so for the fans, um, season two was uh, based around. You had to have heard of the movie Sunset Boulevard. Uh, not that it, we ripped it off or anything. We just used the same themes. I mean, if you haven't heard yeah. of Sunset Boulevard, everybody knows the classic line, which which is, These pretzels <laughs> are making me thirsty. You see, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. 
It's a cor- it's one of the best lines in the cinema. Which is funny because I, did, I didn't throw. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't throw that line in there, but I did throw. I'm ready for my close up, Mister, and then whoever the director yeah, was. Backs. Yeah. In the in the movie. I mean, that's a, that that's the line I was referring to. That's the classic line. Yeah, I'm ready for my close up. Yeah. It's 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 everywhere. So. But that's like I mean essentially that was like the overall theme of season two was that classic film noir directed by Billy Wilder starring yeah. William Holden. So so it seems like that's kind of the direction that we're going now with Doppel Avenue Hurt is sort of not spoofing but borrowing themes from old I mean we're essentially spoofing portions of So I wonder what film noir season three can you give us a hint as to what you, what you may be uh, looking at? I, it's a mixture of, of – this is what I, I've been saying so far. It's a mixture of North by Northwest, Maltese Falcon, and Casino Royale. A lot of Casino Royale. It's actually going to be a little bit more James Bondish, but not – it's still more film noirish. but there are some – Will Felix Leiter make an appearance? Yeah, there is. There's a – yeah, a Felix Burner. Hmm. And, uh, oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's not like a main character. It's just kind of like a throwaway thing. But okay. yeah, I mean, there's going to be like some references to that. I, this one, I wanted more of. Um, I wanted kind of a different kind of storyline. So it's going to be more. It's going to be pretty expansive. Kind of how season two was bigger than season one, but it's also going to be a lot different than. Yeah, season he needs one or to go two. places. He needs to see somewhere besides Brentwood Heights. Yeah, that's another thing. Is I don't know if he's going to leave. Brentwood Heights per se, but he's definitely visiting some new areas. And in season three, he's going to uh, like. There's going to be some new elements, kind of how Paul, the Paul centric episode, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh yeah, that was a new element to season yeah, we two. Talk about any of those? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, while we're on the subject, JJ, your character got his own episode. <laughs> it it really like threw me off when I actually listened to it too. Because that that freaking music, man. It's like so happy. I'm like, yeah, that's that's so Paul right there. If I may, if I may, uh, that that music came about because there was a particular uh, piece of music that I wanted to be used in season one, and it never got used. But Jonathan found the the music. And it, I, I think he ended up using it in one of the Brentwood Heights stories. Yeah, Edith, one of Edith's. Yeah, yep. and that that song is from Ren and Stimpy. Fuck yeah! So he, Jonathan, just being who he is, doesn't just download the song. He just he gets the whole soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and it's just everything. Everything in that soundtrack is gold. Well, what my inspiration behind all of that was is I wanted. I wanted to portray accurately what I felt was always in Paul's head at all times. And to me, like, life is just a cartoon to him. Would you agree? I mean... Which made it hard... Because he's a kid. He's a kid. Right. He's he's the cutest character in the... But that's what made it hard writing that episode, because when I wrote it, when I first... The first page of that script, before I even really got into it was literally him just random thoughts and i was like this isn't gonna work like he has to have like he has to be like i'm going to my car i'm gonna get in my car and, and drive off and stuff like that he has to he has to be like keys in that sense where he's it's making sense what he's doing because i i literally just wrote like thoughts and it was just like there's no story like i can't go anywhere with it so it can't be that random so i just had him react randomly to other situations that like led him seeing the places. bird yeah that led him 
places, like finding like a bluebird and being like, I'm going to follow that. I like to imagine that that's just how Paul does his job. Like yeah. it just it, it just consistently leads him into being a police officer or back to keys. Like he's like following shit. It's like, oh, there's keys. <laughs> well, it's right. just like, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, like a ball. Oh, James, what's up? Oh, hey, yeah, Jimmy he's, Jump. <laughs> but that's the essentially like Paul isn't really a good cop. He's not a good cop. He just like kind of falls into ah, he's the bad cop. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And Arthur's the good him. one, really. No. <laughs> but Arthur, I think, is definitely like better, just smarter, I think, than Paul. Oh. Yeah. What, what was the line in uh, the finale where a ham sandwich and a pile of rocks are better cops than Paul and Arthur? Yeah, I. Which is true. Yeah, yeah. Those guys got blown up. Oh yeah, oh, Gary and Sinise. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like Gary oh, and Sinise. Wrong wire. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. You weren't? No? No. No, no, no. no. It, was, it was perfect. It was so perfect. Like, those those were, uh, who was that? Uh, those were the uh, Lost at Home guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lost at Home podcast. We that had was, a lot of special guests. That was Jer and um, I can't remember the other other gentleman's name from Lost at Home, but those guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they did good. They I, did. I thought it was good. Did an amazing job. They first appeared in the Paul-centric episode. When like yeah, Paul was like, don't don't talk to me, like covering his ears and stuff. Is that how they do it? Yeah, through the years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I I I don't want to I don't want to say this. I feel bad for saying this. The Paul centric episode is my least favorite episode of season two. Is it really? Really, it is. I actually have a hard time listening to it. I don't know. Maybe it's because I did the voiceover. That's what it is. Or something. Is. I just I can't do it. I listened to it once. And then like I tried listening to it a second time and I just skipped it. I, I just went right to the other ones. I couldn't do it. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I can see that because it's like you're, you're critiquing yourself on a subliminal level. Yeah, it's okay. You did a great job. I like that episode. Well, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Just think of it. This Thanks. is what Kyle has to deal with on every for the episode. whole fucking series. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Kyle does a great job, though. Thank you. Oh no, Kyle like, stuck up his fucking it's game. It's so smooth time. now. Like in the, in the season one, you could you could always tell that you know what, what he was trying to do, but now it's just. He's a smooth narrator. Yeah, he's easier to find. Yeah, it's, it's and and I I have to say like, Kyle, you you sell the fucking series, man. Like, thank you. Like the way that like James Keys is now, like like he's so relatable because he's he's kind of a fucking asshole, but he just he means well on every on every level, mm-hmm. and he's he's smooth. But not as smooth as he wants to think that he is. Right. Yeah, he's know. not that great. <laughs> no, he's, not, he's not. He's just not I, that great. I was about to say that. He's just it, it, kind of the whole thing is just him just like trying to just do his job and just get on with life. And everybody else is the one that's like making, dragging him down. Well, everybody makes it difficult yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, he somehow manages despite all that. Yeah. And, you know. He's not He's not really that great of a detective. He just kind of lucks into the shit. Yeah, like even, Deus Ex Machina or whatever you want to call it. And I'm, I'm not going to like talk too much about it, but there are some references in season three that kind of point out, like he even says, like, you know, I'm, I'm not that great like, <laughs> as a detective. Yeah. Like, that's, but he's not bad. I mean, he's not bad overall. He always gets the job done, essentially. I'd hire him. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah, for the not? shenanigans. Yeah, let's Alone. see what happens. <laughs> but it, I always find it weird that since season one is when he starts realizing everybody's weird in the city. Like, everybody's just weird. He's the straight man to, like, everybody in the city. Yeah, and and 
Honestly, but those moment those moments where he's he is the comic relief are just fantastic. That's a true. Like a lot of times, yeah. it's when he's with like the girl that he likes or whoever. Uh, that's true. It's yeah. always like him with a girl, and he ends up being kind of the weird one. That's where, right. Where that was very very evident, like why why I think it's so funny sometimes. Like is there's this huge dramatic scene happening, and then something that James Keyes like says to like break the tension is just so goddamn funny. Mm. And where that was very evident is when um Julianne Good was giving her like exposition speech of like why she's gonna blow the theater up. Hollywood wants to throw me to the wayside. Fine, then I'll use other measures to become famous. There is no more Julianne Good, just the mad bomber. Which is a dumb name that I have your friends to thank for. Look, again, it's just with the one friend, the other's an asshole. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I picture them both standing up on a ledge. It's like this big dramatic moment, and yeah. she's she's laying it all out on the table. And he's like, okay, but can we just kind of get this straight? He's, he's really not my friend. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like, like, you're like getting it matters. Wrong a lot. Yeah, like it matters. Like, <laughs> the bomb doesn't the, matter. Yeah, like, at that, that point. You yeah. call Arthur my friend. Fuck that. Uh, speaking yeah, about Arthur, though, like Arthur is one of those characters that in season one I hated. I did not like Arthur at all. Mm-hmm. But season two, he was my favorite character because every time, every time Arthur and Keys was in a room – I just I laugh like so like so. yeah I will say that something happened to Arthur in season two yeah. that made him so much more likable than season one just oh really yeah I don't know what it was because I think it's just the uh, the writing a little bit like he, was, he like Robert softened his edges a little bit in season two and you well, kind of got to know the man I, think he I got- wanted him to be more of like a main character like in season one he was but it was like also like. He was also, to me, disposable. Like, I could have gotten rid of him at any time. Right, yeah. and that's how I felt, too. Yeah, yeah, but then, like, season two came around. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's keep him around. Let's like, bring him into be, the circle. Yeah, be him. Like, he's that one guy that, like, you know, Keys doesn't get along with, but he's still part of, like, him, Arthur, Edith, and Paul. Like, it's, like, them yeah. four. Well, I, yeah, like, whenever, I, whenever, whenever I see those four together, it's like that scene in The Avengers when, when uh, Mark Ruffalo shows up on the scooter. It's like, oh, shit, everyone's here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. What I like about him the most is that he's always trying to win the approval of Jimmy Jong. He's like always trying is to he, get that approval. Is he or is he just covering his ass? I just don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. It's kind of back and forth. Like one of my favorite lines is like right in the beginning. He's like, fuck you, Big Jimbo. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're friends like, now. That is like if you crack up so much. Like, yeah, this is this is Arthur. Like, he's like, we're friends. We're damn it. But look, he catches them. He catches them at the in the final scene. That that says friendship to me. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. Like I thought that was very very cool. Like I, I got you. It was like That's one true. of my favorite moments in the entire finale. Where it's like, don't worry. Your besties caught you. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that's that's. But like, did he do it because he knew, like, okay, I'm gonna have one on him now. So. <laughs> like, Maybe, <laughs> but it, it was just uh, it was a, a very endearing moment. And like when I was reading the lines for Arthur during that moment, it didn't come across. But like yeah. as I was editing it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Like, like it it comes full circle now. Like. Maybe Arthur really does like Jimmy John. Yeah, it does really want to be friends with him. Right. Because before, like when it started off, it was, you essentially think because it's just to cover his ass. Because he knows he got caught cheating with Lorraine. I actually never thought that. Really? I, I really? from the beginning it was just like I thought Arthur genuinely liked Jimmy John and, <laughs> no. and wants his approval and Key's just like, I really fucking like hate you. I don't want to be around you. I, that's what I got from it at least. 
Yeah, I mean, Arthur is essentially part. I, I remember, I think it was Jonathan saying that, like, for some reason, it seemed like Arthur got more of the funny lines this season than, than I, Paul did. I did. And I was like, I was actually kind of concerned about it. Really? Uh, not me. Because it's like, <laughs> in, in season one, you admitted that Paul is just the guy that I give all the best lines to. Yeah. Arthur got way better lines, especially in the finale. Like, yeah. Like, Arthur was so much more highlighted than Paul was oh, yeah, in the thanks. finale. Which was great, though, because, like like you said, hey, Arthur... Free pizza! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, did you hear that? Free pizza. <laughs> the fucking pizza. Dude, the emotional part right before that was, like, my friend... He told me I'm you know so how to sorry. empty a, how, to, how to get everybody out of a building. Yeah, yeah. that sounds lame. <laughs> like, that guy Paul sounds forget, lame. Paul forgets it. Is like, oh, pizza's here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, where's the pizza? Yeah, seriously, it's your fucking plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was awesome. That uh, but that's what I was gonna say is in the finale when Arthur catches keys. I think it was like him and Joey catch keys or whatever. Right. And Paul is just sitting on the side. Like, not doing anything. Like, he's, like, eating popcorn or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's just, just hanging out. Like, just <laughs> yeah. But I think that's Paul. Like, that, yeah, that would be much. Paul. Is like, not really doing too much. Paul's the cop that just, like, he sees a gang fight. He just waits for the last guy to get shot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> With the music going. I do want to say my favorite part of the finale, though, and, like, speaking of, like, Key's not being, like, the best detective, I think, the fact when he does the gun thing with his hand oh actually God. shows that he's like pretty cunning, <laughs> but it like it works in this like situation of how this whole city's just ridiculous. That's, like everybody that in the scene city. was so ridiculous, <laughs> and, and then like, like oh shit, it, that sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind what? of gun does he have? <laughs> yeah, essentially, I think he almost scene, got me. There's a scene where like. Keys realizes he doesn't have his gun, and like these guys are shooting at him. So instead, he's like, I'm gonna try to use my finger. As like a gun, so he just like aims around the corner with his hand and just starts going like bang, 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 <laughs> bang, 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 bang. But then Kyle like goes really into it, like bang, <laughs> I came up with a plan. Hopefully, it would work. I pointed my finger like a gun and aimed it around the canisters. Bang, 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 bang. Maybe, just maybe, they would believe I had a gun. Bang, 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 bang. What the hell kind of gun does he have? I don't know. I can't see it. It sounds super dangerous. Yeah, way worse than our guns. Bang, 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 bang. Boom. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, shit. I think he almost got me. <laughs> yeah, I... That was cool. I got to pull out all the childhood, like, yeah, gun yeah. sounds. <laughs> and that was awesome. That brings me to a, a good point. Um, the... The guys from uh, Worst Idea of All Time podcast. Um, if you if you've never heard of it, please, 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 please uh, go follow them. It's called the Worst Idea of All Time podcast. And Tim, no, it wasn't Tim. It was Guy. Yeah, it was Guy. Tim was the other one. I mean, they both voice characters. They both voice characters, but it was both very like. It was so funny. Like they were just perfect. Yeah. I mean, these guys live in New Zealand. And um, they voiced uh, Hugh Tarlov, yeah, which is like the big final fight. Right. Um, I thought I thought Guy did great. Yeah. 
I like that moment where he goes, oh, shit, I think he almost caught me. Yeah, with the gun. Yeah. yeah like, how? Why, why do you think he almost got you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you serious? But, um, sorry, guy, if you're listening to this, but Tim fucking hit a home run. Uh, as the as, stock boy? As the stock yes, boy. Yes. Yeah. That was my favorite guest character of the whole season. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> The crazy stock boy that helps Keys check down. Oh, yeah, I got him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I got him. I can't, you want me to kill him? him? No. <laughs> no. I do not want you to do that. He fucking it, kills him. The line that got me was like, is it a big pink dildo? Can I help you find something? Uh, no, I don't think you can help me find what I'm looking for. Why? It's hard to find. Is it a big pink dildo? N- no. Jesus, No. Why was that your first guess? Well, we get a lot of lone dudes coming in here at 2 in the morning looking for big pink dildos. That's interesting. Sadly, we don't carry those. We only carry big blue ones. Which we saw, we met them at PodFest, and I remember going yeah. up to them and saying, like, hey, because we only emailed them about the scripts, sent a, they sent us the voice recordings, and then we put them in. But when we saw them at PodFest in September... Um, I went up to them. I was like, hey, I'm Robert from Shark Dropper. I'm the one who emailed you for Doppel Up New Hurt. He's like, oh, yeah, like that's awesome. Like We listened to them, and we thought they were really funny. We were glad. Did the voices work out and everything? I was like, yeah, they worked out really well. Like, Thanks for doing it. I go, I kind of felt weird that like once I sent you that first yeah. script, like your second line is, is, is it, it a big, big pink, pink dildo? dildo? <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> but, like, but what was like almost like extremely gratifying – for me was like when you like were apologizing like hey sorry you know and mm-hmm. and they're like no 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 it was it was like very very funny and it's yeah. like these guys like have like one of the most downloaded podcasts oh yeah it's pretty ever podcast, right now yeah. and they're reading our script saying no that was hilarious we were laughing out loud and yeah. then the fact that they even like agreed to do it like it was just that's why like when they got back to like because i emailed them i actually facebook messaged them i think and like they got back to me it took them a while but then they were like sorry for taking so long i'm like no no problem at all yeah those guys and are they just ended up doing it they're like really cool real mentions man yeah. real mentions yeah, good 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 guys and we, yeah. i mean so those guys we had lost at home podcast guys we had lang parker comedian lang parker had a lot of guests mallory yeah mallory a fan of ours fan? she's a fan of Ever since season one, the first like couple episodes, yeah, she's she like listening. she's like our original OG fan yeah. of the of the Shark Dropper Network. And I just asked her, I'm like, "Do you want to be a character?" And she said, "Yeah." She so, killed it. Yeah, she played uh, Bethany. Yeah, the right. Amish, the Irish girl to Paul. She did. <laughs> Irish. She did very good. Yeah, she did very good. And I I gave her creditation at the end of the finale, and I said, "Look, you know, Mallory is one of those few voiceover actors um, that I get to work with. No offense to anybody else." That really under really understands their character, yeah. And she goes off script mm-hmm. a lot, but it works. Yeah, like she understands. Like she's supposed to be like this motherly character and motherly figure, and and most of the lines I used for Mallory, Mallory's character Bethany, was completely unscripted. Yeah, Just, yeah. I mean that that's how well she understands the character. Yeah, she really got into it and stuff, and then she was in the finale, and then we'll probably bring her back for season three. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I think she's got a, a, a little bit of a bigger role in season three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it leads me to uh, my next question. This one's actually from Mallory herself. Hi, Mallory. Uh, again, good, good job. Great job. 
Hi, Mallory. Hi. Hello. Oh, yeah. See, that's your, that's your uh, boyfriend right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The Amish. Have, did we, did she we doesn't like sex? Nintendo. Oh, yeah. You guys bang. Do we totally yeah. bang? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we ever banged. Uh, and you know what? And that's very upsetting because I totally wanted to bang her. You flash your, your penis at her. And then she's like, put that away. And that then she so flashes funny. her cooch to you or whatever. <laughs> Which, which to me is kind of like that's kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagining that, like I don't care what you, I don't care if you're you're uh, fucking Jennifer Lawrence or yeah, whoever. Somebody, it's like I'd be like, that's I'd be off put by yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I think Keith had a little bit of a gay moment in the end there. Did he with him? Um, when Julia Julia's charm didn't work on anybody. I mean, it worked on everybody except Keys. Yeah, like my charm works on everybody except you, and it's like and. You kind of just like brushed it off, and I'm like, is that like a little bit of a gay, a gay moment for James Keys? You know, maybe him and Arthur at the I, end will be like coming out of the closet. Yeah, they'll get together. He does have like a run-in with the monkey, and that kind oh, of oh yeah, he loves the monkey. Kind of yeah. That was all, that was a great scene. So that you have like, a lot of upper up. body strength now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the question for Mallory, and you can follow Mar- Mallory on Twitter at uh, at podcastitute, and that's podcast. It toot. Beautiful name. Yeah. Uh, she's also um, one of the one of two hosts on the Heels and Headshots podcast. I strongly recommend it. Very funny. Um, it's basically two girls talking about what guys do yeah. when they're alone in a room. Uh, she wants to know. I want to know who all recorded in just their undies. Uh, I, if I could, I, I wish I could have. I think I admitted this on a Shark Dropper, but I certainly haven't admitted it on the uh, actual Doppel feed. But there's. Uh, a good three, four episodes, totally nude. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie, that was at your house though. Right? That was in my. I had a stu- yeah. No, it was with me. Actually, that was back in my okay. school when I had the uh, studio apartment in downtown. Uh, I had to turn off the air conditioner because it was a studio, so I, so I had to record without the air conditioner on. So we we usually do production in spring summer, and we're in Florida, so it gets hot. It gets really yeah. hot. So yep, yeah, take. Guy get naked, and I will admit too, in this studio, not yeah. naked, but I've I have had my shirt off in here. Really? Like, yeah, just just been in the the gym shorts yeah. recording. Is, isn't that strange to like, not for Kyle, but for the rest of us hearing and the fans? Like, there's what probably a good chance that James Keys was naked. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's it was only for maybe two or three episodes at, between season in season one. None of them right. in season two. So fear, uh, okay. fear not, fear not, oh, fear listeners. Not. Uh, I know for a fact that JJ did not. Otherwise, I would have smacked him. Yeah, there were a couple. There were a couple moments. We had a couple moments. A little gay moments. Where we wanted to, you know, take our clothes off. Yeah, that was yes. that wasn't related to anything. <laughs> Doppel. Uh, yeah, no, no. Mics were not. That was just questions. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of experimenting at that point. Um, more often than not, I don't. I don't record in undies, but I record in nothing but just like um, like my sleeping shorts. Which are yeah. just like basketball shorts. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of undies. I don't yeah, think very, I voice. Oh, yeah. very many of the uh, yeah. of of them were recorded like that for I, season two. Especially. I didn't voice any characters this season. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. Joey Evernuckle. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of my favorite auditions. Who are you, Joey? Joey Evernuckle. Okay, I'm I'm gonna leave now. 
You know, well, I, he was only in like two episodes and only had a few lines. You guys, I gotta take I gotta take everybody to my Publix <laughs> at downtown. He it is it is Joey Evernuckle, and when I point him out to you, you'll say, "Oh yes, that is him." <laughs> like I, 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 every time I see him, his name is Joey Evernuckle to me. Like right. I, I swear to you, that's pretty funny. Hi, I'm Joey Evernuckle. I'm Joey Joey Evernuckle. He like always has to say God, his name. It's 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 so perfect. I wish I could. I, I need to like on the load take a picture of him and like send it to you guys. <laughs> I have to say he's he's slowly becoming a fan favorite. Uh, right. Like whenever because he has his own intro music. Boom 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 yeah. boom yeah boom, yeah. Boom, 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 well, he boom. first gets introduced in uh, Brentwood Height Stories. Right, the Eden great. one. Right, and he, really he's a, he's a big uh, mover of the story. He's in all three episodes, mm-hmm. but like. He's so ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Like, he, like, brags a lot. He's very narcissistic, but yeah. insecure at the same time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he and he has a bigger role in season three. It's actually getting hard, though, with, like, the amount of characters there are now to give enough screen time to each character. Joey, Arthur, Edith, Paul. Just kill him. Keys. Hey. Yeah, somebody's got to die. Somebody, yeah. somebody yeah. might die. die. Who knows? No, you know, actually, Robert, I don't think there's a voice that you do that I don't love. Like, like you, I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a little small part or Joey Evernuckle or the or the Mario Brothers over there, <laughs> the Italian, the Italian guys waiter. in the restaurant. You know, they Every back? time you're yeah. you're in a scene, I like your. I mean, why don't you do more voices? I just I don't know. I'd rather not. But you, you, you do good. Uh, yeah, I don't mind doing voices, but like it's got to be something that like. It'd be a quick thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to be like a main character. I mean, Joey is going to have more parts in season three and stuff, but it's like I don't know. Like, I like doing kind of just the side goofy characters. And I like doing, like, just crazy voices. I don't like doing kind of, like... Like, everybody kind of sometimes does, like, just a variation of their normal voice. But I like to, like, go really far with it. Yeah, I... That's kind of, like, what I do with, like, Arthur. I think of, like... Like, the most stereotypical fat Italian Brooklyn... Guy from Brooklyn. Yankees fan. And, like, I just sort of have to, like, conjure... Yeah. Up what he would do or what he would think or how he would say things. And he's kind of like an imbecile. And I, I kind of throw my voice into the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, hey. Hey. hey, come on, Keith. But like, you know, like Sheldrake, it's just like a, like yeah, a slower, a sophisticated version of yeah. my normal voice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't. Like, for me, like, that would just be, like, too much, like, to, like, do that, too. Like, in the sense that I'd rather just go, like, completely crazy with it. That, like, I don't know. That's just, like, easier for me. Sure. I don't know. That's weird. Um, so, we're about halfway through the episode right now. And um, so, this is a good time to take a break and pay our sponsors. And, yeah. and give credit to everybody who supports us uh, through Doppel Avenue Hurt. Yes. Um, but when we come back, I would like to talk about, uh, we might get Amy in here who voices Edith. Yeah, she shows up. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to get a hold of her, but she said that she's down. Um, so I want to give just an opportunity for her to get in here if she can. Um, but I definitely want to talk about the addition of Julia W.D. Harrison for season two. Uh, if you don't know who Julia W.D. Harrison is, uh, she was the infamous voice of Julianne Good. Julianne Good. I do have an interview with her. Um, she is obviously in Los Angeles. We're in Florida. Uh, but I did get a chance to speak with her earlier today. 
um, because she couldn't join us in studio. So anyways, uh, when we return from the break, we're going to get into the ladies of Doppel Avenue Hurt. Hey fans, it's Jonathan. You already know who I am. And I'm here to talk to you about Audible.com. Audible.com is a wonderful, wonderful sponsor of Doppel Avenue Hurt with uh, over 180,000 audiobook titles for your iPod, Kindle, or MP3 player. Um, They have such, such a, a wide selection. Uh, I use them. Kyle used them. Uh, everybody uh, on the cast and crew of Doppel Avenue Hurt uses them. Um, a book that I have recently uh, listened to was The Dead Zone by Stephen King. And you've, if you've heard so many of like my commercials for Audible with Kyle and all that on Shark Dropper, uh, you understand that I'm a big Stephen King fan. But The Dead Zone, I think, applies even even more so today. I mean, the book was written, I think, in the 80s. Uh, but essentially what it is, is a man, as a young boy, has he's growing up in, like, Minnesota, I believe. And he has a horrific accident where he falls on the ice, like, while playing hockey. He's, like, 13 at the time. And he hits his head so hard that he now has the ability to sort of see into the future. So the way that he does this is by shaking hands with someone. And every time he shakes hands with someone, he's able to see the impact that they're going to have on the world throughout their entire life. So he gets a a hair up his ass um, because there's an upcoming election uh, for, for president. Hmm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, we're living in those times right now. Uh, so he, as as a joke almost, uh, almost in jest, he goes and wants to meet the presidential candidates. Well, as he's shaking hands with the person that is actually like the lead runner, uh, for now, applying to today, that would be Donald Trump. And I'm not, I'm not going to try and connect the dots for anybody, but... He shakes hands with uh, the the lead candidate, and he sees like an absolute nuclear winter, uh, 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 nuclear holocaust. Um, he's basically going to be, you know, Hitler 2.0. So at that point, he's kind of he's presented with the option, or this he, he's at a crossroads in life. Now that he has the knowledge. That this is going to happen, and that he's like this guy is likely going to be elected president. What is he supposed to do with this information? And it's just an absolute thriller. The only way that if only Stephen King can present to you. It's very cool. It's a it's a very different take on what what we know of like you know action thrillers. And you know it 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 requires a little suspense of disbelief. But that's okay. I mean, that's if, if you read Stephen King, there's always sort of that element. So, I mean, what you can do, if you want to listen to The Dead Zone for free, and I mean absolutely free, uh, you can go to www.audibletrial.com slash shark. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash shark. And 
all you have to do, you get a 30-day free trial. And like I said, when I mean free, I mean free. I mean, it's a free book. You don't want to listen or you don't want to read anymore. Nobody's got time for that. You're listening to Doppel Avenue Hurt. So when you're not listening to Doppel Avenue Hurt, try The Dead Zone by Stephen King. Uh, again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash shark. And uh, have a book on us. All right, so enough of me blabbering and paying the sponsors. Let's go back to Doppel Avenue Hurt Talk. Welcome back to the Doppel Avenue Hurt Season 2 Wrap-Up with the cast and creators. Um, again, I'm your host, Jonathan Moss. Uh, with me is the writer, Robert M. Lamb. Uh, Paul Went, you... Real name, JJ. Jose got a bio. And then, uh, obviously, your star, uh, Kyle Appleyard. What's up? James Keats. Hi, guys. Um, but before we go back into the discussion, I want to talk a little bit about Julia W.D. Harrison as Julianne Good. Uh, unfortunately, she she wasn't able to join us um, today because she has a, uh, a prior engagement. Uh with Horatio Sands from SNL. Horatio Sands! <laughs> yeah. uh, she's doing a live show in LA tonight, so obviously our schedules did not uh, match up. But um, she was fortunate enough, or I was fortunate enough, to uh, talk to her earlier uh, in the day. And I got a chance to ask her some of your questions. Um, so these are your uh, fan-submitted Twitter submitted fan questions to specifically Julia W.D. Harrison. And here's that interview now. I'm sitting down with Julia W.D. Harrison, the voice of Julianne Good from Doppel Avenue Hurt. Uh, hi, Julia, and welcome to the Season 2 Wrap-Up Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we might as well just jump into it then, huh? Um, the first question that we have submitted specifically for you was... Was there anything special that you had to do personally uh, to get into that sort of, uh, that, that role of Julianne Good? Well, actually, <laughs> sometimes if I wasn't able to get to the vocal spot I was looking for, uh, <laughs> it helps, you know, when you're dressed up as a character or something, it actually helps you act a little bit more like them or escape into that fantasy a little bit more. So I don't know how method it is, but I've got a kimono. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just throw a kimono on, uh, you know, make a drink, get a little decadent, darling. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I didn't do that every time, but yeah. Yeah, dressing up like your character, that's that's definitely a new one. Um, second question is, well, the the guys here at Shark Dropper know the answer to this one, but, but the fans really want to know, what was the inspiration behind your character? The inspiration behind the character? Definitely based, you know, somewhat off of Sunset Boulevard, but it's just kind of a combination of absolutely fabulous, my, my favorite is a, a, 
Patsy. She's just v- Patsy and Adina, darling. They're just ooh, mm, it just everything is is very dramatic. And so it's like part absolutely fabulous, a little bit of Sunset Boulevard, a little bit of, you know, Mrs. Howell from Gilligan's Island, you know, um, and a slight Catherine Hepburn, if if you will. But is it, yeah, throw them all in a blender. That's kind Sounds of... Sounds like you're making a rich bitch stew, to be honest. <laughs> That's kind of how I got there. A lot of people are are requesting a resurgence of your voice. Um, so not as Julianne good, but will you be returning for season three, uh, possibly as a different character? You bet. Um, absolutely. If there is a role, I would like to be in it. So <laughs> it's absolutely too much fun not to. That's very good to hear. Uh, we, we do have a role for you in mind. Uh, obviously, we have talked to you about that. Um, I don't want to give anything away for the fans, but there is going to be a pretty influential character coming, coming forth in Season 3 uh, that, you, as you know, you will be voicing. But you know what? I digress. Um, since Top 11 You Heard is sort of this... Uh, Kind of like a 70-30 or 60-40 blend of comedy comedy and drama. I think they just call that a dramedy. But anyways, um, we, we know as we're reading some of the lines, like you can read it on paper, um, but as you're saying them, performing them, depending on how much, you know, like oomph you give behind a line, you find yourself cracking up halfway through the line and, and having to redo certain things over and over and over again because you can't help but laugh. Uh, what were some of the hardest parts for you to get through without laughing on microphone? That is a difficult one because sometimes to get an honest reaction, I wouldn't even read through the whole script sometimes. And before I started, you know, I would do one read not knowing anything but the line before it. You know, so what's an honest reaction you might have? And I had the hardest time getting through the uh, the time increments of you know the uh, what was it the mid to mid nineties two thousands type songs where it's the bare naked ladies. It will be one week, you know. Um, I, I absolutely kept losing it, so that that was a lot, a lot of fun to try and read. But actually, I laugh more reading other people's lines for some reason because I can hear their voices in my head. You know, knowing that Amy Loray is doing Edith, you know, I can hear it when I read it. You know, same thing with you know Kyle doing like I can hear his voice and so there are just times where I'm going oh jeez <laughs> it's a lot of, it's definitely a pleasure I know uh, we we actually had um, I, I, I bring JJ in uh, to record for Paul here at in my personal studio not at Shark Dropper Studios and he gets a an honest reaction because he doesn't read the scripts before he comes in. He just says the lines as like he's reading them for the first time. And over half the time, it, it takes probably four or five takes to get through some of his lines before we actually get a 
honest performance where he's not giggling or laughing or I don't know it's just uh, this script the writing in Doppelavin you heard has a tendency to do that to all of us um, so I'm glad you're not an exception so this one this question's not so much for Julia W.D. Harrison it's more for Julianne Good, if, if I may um, it's very evident uh, throughout the season two that Julianne Good is not a fan of Star Wars Episode One. Um, so I have to beg the question: What is Julianne Good's favorite Star Wars movie? So, what is Julianne's favorite Star Wars movies? Since I obviously hate the first one so much. Hmm. Let's see. I think. I think Julianne would probably be a big fan of The Force Awakens, and I will say it for this reason, you know, as someone who was trying to get back into the spotlight, I think that she would be very impressed with a powerful woman, you know, like Carrie Fisher being back in a very iconic role, and, you know, being this strong woman, you know, with another strong character coming out of her coming into her debut so it was kind of like a cyclical you know Rey is kind of coming up as this very strong warrior Jedi type and you know I I think I think she could be on board um (laughs) I'd like to think so yeah that's you know that's good enough for everybody I don't see a problem with that answer uh Julia do you actually love James Keyes in real life or is it just your character I can only assume. Do I love James in real life? Well, darling, it was just a role. Don't don't be so ridiculous. I couldn't absolutely love him. I do care for him a great deal, though, sweetie. But, darling, you know, such is the life of a movie star. Our romances are fleeting on set, uh, you know. But in real life, we're the best of friends, you see. We're definitely not lovers. We save the chemistry for on screen. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know, Julian. I, I, I swear, I, I'm just, I'm a middleman. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just catapulting questions at you that I get. Honestly, that's all the questions we got for you, Julia. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Well, you know, there is this other question. I'll I'll leave it up to you if you want to answer it. Uh, But first, tell everybody where they can find you. And then if you feel inclined enough, uh, there is a fan on Twitter. He will remain anonymous at this point. Uh, But he asks if uh, Julianne Good will marry him. I have links to everything, including other Shark Dropper projects, The Hooray Show, other podcast stuff, Nighttime Foam Corner, all that stuff can be found on uh, at Julia W.D. Harrison on Twitter, and I'm at Julia W.D. Harrison on Facebook, Instagram, and I hope that you will hear a whole different side of me. And to the gentleman who asked if he could marry me, of course, darling. 
Make sure that we don't need a prenup. That sounds silly. Oh, because you just want to give me everything. What's a woman to do these days? Men getting so attached and all. Well, there you go. Uh, perfect, Julia. Thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, I'm glad I, I got the opportunity to at least talk to you for a little bit. Uh, sorry you can't be here in Florida with us. Or vice versa, sorry you can't be in L.A. with you. Uh, but I know you have a show tonight, and good luck. Uh, I know it's going to go fine. And uh, everybody, please, please, please go out and support Julia W.D. Harrison. Uh, she's an up-and-coming podcaster that deserves your support. Obviously, she wowed you with Julianne Good, and I promise you she's going to wow you again in season three as someone else. Um, so there you go. Uh, and with that said, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs>